This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Stefan Verstappen, martial artist, author, standing by. The world, he says, is under the influence, control of malevolent forces. Uh, but humankind, the rest of us, that is, have no chance in hell uh, of standing up to the madness as long as we remain compliant, essentially scared of our own shadows. And um, uh, Stefan Verstappen will be here to teach us The Way of the Warrior, which happens to be the title of his new book. Uh, Elbert is running our HOA, our Hangout on Air, and if you want to stream this radio program live on YouTube... It's very simple. Go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, S as in Simon, Y because I love you, R-E-T-T, at Richard Serrett. Find the tweet at or near the top of the feed and simply click on the HOA link and you're in. Uh, Ian Robertson is off tonight and the young and talented Jamie is here twisting the dials on the other side of the glass. Welcome, Jamie. Uh, Please get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca. That's your portal to this program, all of my projects really, including the television show, which incidentally is uh, now in season four airing across Canada on Vision TV, Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Write this down. Don't miss it. Just a few uh, weeks left in the in the new season. Season four, across Canada, Vision TV, Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, the new season runs until August the 16th. 
Uh, then, uh, also at uh, strangeplanet.ca, of course, there's the other uh, radio page for this program. And if you go there, that uh, gives you loads of information, uh, not only about tonight's program, past programs. Take a moment. Click on that blue Members button on the left-hand side. Register. Quick, easy, free. And that gives you access to the members-only areas, such as the past show audio archives, which goes they go all the way back to the summer of, summer of 2012. Uh, can, and just, that reminds me, we are coming up in just a few weeks, Albert. I don't know if you know this, but uh, it'll be our seventh year on Zuma Radio. August the 16th, speaking of which, that'll be our seventh anniversary here on Zuma Radio. Uh, one other item on strangeplanet.ca, and that is the live events page. And I want to draw your attention. We've got two events. I say we. Strange Planet Productions, that would be me, and my good friends Patrick and Kadena at Conspiracy Culture. Uh, we are co-presenting a couple of events, and one we've just confirmed. And uh, there'll be uh, details on uh, ticket purchase, uh, t- purchasing tickets, coming up in the, in the next few days. Uh, this is Sunday, September the 11th, with Dr. Judy Wood. Where did the towers go? Evidence for Directed Free Energy Technology on 9-11, J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium, Sunday, September the 11th, 2016th, with Dr. Judy Wood. Details coming soon. Check strangeplanet.ca, the live events page, and also conspiracyculture.com. And then also, while you're there, check out October the 15th, that's a Saturday. My good friend R. Gary Patterson, the Fox Mulder of rock and roll, is coming to town Saturday, October the 15th, special Skype appearances from Leo Lyons from 10 years after. Peggy Sue Guerin, the good friend of Buddy Holly, the inspiration for those songs. Peggy Sue and Peggy Sue Got Married. And also, Bill Harry, world's foremost Beatle authority and lifelong friend of John Lennon, Paul McCartney. They'll all be joining us by Skype. Uh, Tickets now on sale. Strangeplanet.ca live events page and also conspiracyculture.com. All right. Uh, I want to... um, get right to it because as i say malevolent forces running this planet how do we fight back stefan verstappen is a writer world traveler artist martial arts expert street youth counselor he's lived and traveled throughout china and east asia and while in asia he studied oriental art culture and kung fu kevin is a master of the lohan school of martial arts and one of the few westerners to to have lived and studied kung fu in china He's a member of the Canadian Society in China and also worked as chairperson of the, or for the City of Vaughan, International Economic Development Committee, in charge of facilitating the Twin Cities partnerships with, the city, with cities in Japan and China. He's the author of several books, including The Art of Urban Survival. His article, Historical Cycles, Are We Doomed to Repeat the Past? What to Expect and How to Prepare for the Next Ten Years, uh, was uh, published uh, several, I think a couple of years ago in the Trends Journal. His brand new book is called A Master's Guide to the Way of the Warrior. Stefan Verstappen, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm doing good, Richard. Thanks for having me back again. My, it's great to talk to you. My pleasure. This is a, a, an important subject to discuss. When you talk about malevolent forces, we've touched in the past about uh, talking about uh, sociopaths and how really the rules of the game are rigged uh, in the in favor of the sociopath, 
um, in, in order for them to succeed. When you talk about the malevolent forces running the planet, is that who you're talking about, the sociopaths, or is there something more perhaps metaphysical afoot here? Well, that's open for debate. Um, I'm going to stick down to earth for now and assign <laughs> that those malevolent personalities to the current crop of uh, psychopaths and sociopaths that are running our respective governments and pretty much every government in the Western world. However, you know, there's... Uh, some uh, merit into the theory that they might in themselves be possibly under the influence of interdimensional beings or extraterrestrial beings. It's possible. I haven't found any evidence for it, but I'm not going to discount it. But certainly, you know, our own species is fully capable of the kind of insanity and cruelty and evil that we are seeing on display today. So, right. Uh, I guess yeah. I was I was thinking of that. Um, I'm not sure what um, what book, uh, what chapter in the Bible. It's that verse. You know, it is not flesh and blood against which we do battle. Uh, however, let's assume for now that it is flesh and blood, uh, uh, or flesh and bone against which we do battle. And um, so we're talking sociopaths and psychopaths, which actually is it's kind of interesting because today I'm not sure if I think it was on uh, a Turner Movie Classics on TV today was the Bad Seed. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Oh, very, oh, oh, <laughs> very disturbing, oh. but it was on today. Yeah, that that is a wonderful movie. I watched that movie. I remember it clearly. I think I was like nine years old. It was on TV, and it scared the living daylights out of me. Right. And for, the, was, uh, for those uh, who uh, haven't seen it, this is a, this angelic-looking little girl uh, who ends up. Well, she is she is indeed a, a bad seed. I mean, she has lovely a lovely family, but uh, she's a, a murderous little lying, deceiving uh, little monster. And yeah, a, uh, a, a baby Hillary. <laughs> All right, a baby Hillary. There you go. All right, I'm just going <laughs> to let that one just kind of float out there and let people do with that okay. what they will. Uh, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> uh, so. You you said something also interesting in, in in sort of when when we were introducing this, and that is that you know we're we can't do battle against these sociopaths, these malevolent forces, as long as we are scared of our own shadows. And there is something going on with with humankind. We have become so compliant. Uh, and I, I I remember back it was that horrible shooting at Virginia Tech. And at one of the worst mass shootings in American history. Uh, and what stuck out in my mind when that went down was how many opportunities there were for someone to jump that guy, you know, because he had to reload, stop and reload. Uh, and yet no one, not, not one person had the presence of mind to do that. What's happening uh, uh, to us. Why are we, I mean, is this some sort of a devolution? Is it cultural? What, what's happening? Well, first of all, we are under attack. We are at war right now. We are being attacked on multiple fronts by the malevolent personalities that are in charge of things, uh, meaning the psychopaths. And, <clears throat> excuse me, in, you know, the last time I was on, we were talking about psychopaths and, uh, you know, the need for people to understand how these twisted people 
think i mean it's it's almost impossible to understand how they think anyways it's just so insane and 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 malevolent that's what it is but they're in charge of things and they are attacking us on multiple levels they are attacking us through you know chemtrails through vaccines through gmo through uh, uh, fluoride in the water. They've taken over the educational system and molded the educational system to produce idiots. They've taken over media and music and art and literature and newspapers to promote idiocy and, and dependency on the state and selfishness and narcissism. So now add to this why are there no people you know jumping to the rescue at virginia tech add to this full-scale attack on our culture on our on our humanity um you know the modern cultural warfare techniques of um, cultural marxism and feminism and political correctness and uh, social justice warriors all of which is aimed at emasculating men and removing the masculine uh, uh, um, personality from our culture and this is done on purpose because the government and the psychopaths that control our government want obedient, frightened sheep to control because they're easier to control that way. And this has been going on for a long time throughout history when emperors have come to power. One of the first things they do is disarm the warriors and then disband martial arts schools and then uh, make being uh, uh, walking around with a weapon or, or not being employed by the army a crime. All this is aimed at taking away the masculine principle in our society and specifically the warrior spirit. And the reason they're doing that is because it's easier to manage us if we're all sheep and there's no sheep dogs around to to uh, push back against the tyranny so this is part of the uh, the, the, the full th scale attack on our on our culture and on our values and part of that full scale attack is to emasculate men so that they're all weak and helpless and frightened and 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 what and makes it easier for the psychopaths that's why well put. Uh, Kevin Verstappen is with us. The website is ChinaStrategies.com. ChinaStrategies.com. And the new book is A Master's Guide to the Way of the Warrior. Back with more of our conversation right after this. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Stefan Verstappen is with us, writer, world traveler, martial artist, and uh, the author of A Master's Guide to the Way of the Warrior. And how do we fight back against these malevolent forces, the psychopaths, the sociopaths uh, that occupy the corner offices, the corridors of power, uh, the corridors of academia, you name it. They're everywhere. The, the system is rigged in favor of the sociopath, the psychopath. Uh, and... Um, we were talking about uh, compliance and uh, sort of the, um, 
Well, it, you know, I, I have a lot of people that come on this program, or, or at least they pitch, you know, guests and books. And, and one of the themes that comes across my desk occasionally, which kind of irks me, uh, is, you know, if only men could behave more like women, you know, that would solve the world's problems. Or if only more, you know, more women were in power, or men need to get in touch with their feminine side. Uh, and and I, I get my back up against that because that's not the problem. And it also, it, it, it's suggesting that somehow, you know, one of the sexes is morally superior and that they would do a better job if they were in power. You know, men need to be, you know, men who are men need to be men. Uh, and and I think that part of the appeal, love him or hate him, but part – I mean we have to understand this phenomena that is Trump and that is he – it is the reemergence of the alpha male and people are identifying with that long lost uh, icon I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, whatever you think about him, at least he's saying a few things that seems to, to – um, go against the trend of this liberal leftist kind of uh, dogma where, you know, everything feminine is good and everything masculine is bad. The problem is that, you know, you have to understand psychopaths, okay? And and let me d- describe uh, the difference between envy and jealousy. Now, with jealousy, if you see your neighbor, he buys a car, and it's a nice new car, and you go, wow, that's a great car. I'd like to have a car like that. Boy, I'm jealous. But you know that if you were to put in a few extra hours or maybe work weekends or cut back on on, on the beer, yeah, you know, within a year or so, you could probably afford a nice car too. So you might be jealous of him, but, you know, you don't begrudge him his new car. Envy works differently. Envy is when a person sees someone else that possesses something that they know they could never have. And now instead of, you know, not begrudging the other person for whatever they possess, they hate the other person and they want to destroy what they possess. That's envy. So when you have psychopaths in control of society, psychopaths are envious of the rest of us because we have certain qualities that they can never have because they're soulless creatures. So we have, you know, love and appreciation of beauty and kindness and respect and family values and creativity and peacefulness. Now, these are all things psychopaths don't have. So what they want to do is destroy it. And that's what they're doing. They're, de- they're destroying beauty and creativity and peace. And they're doing it in a number of different ways. You know, this whole, you know, feminism, this war between the sexes is just part of their strategy to divide men and women because they are envious of the relationship that a man and a woman can have. And so they want to destroy that. They want to destroy love. And therefore they, you know, they rile the girls up into, you know, they're, they're all abused and victims and men are bad. And, you know, of course not. So they're getting away with this and they're using these tactics to destroy everything that's good about our society. And they're replacing it with greed and, and covetousness and, and, uh, uh, you know, narcissism and selfishness. They're, they're trying to mold society into their own, you know, psyches. So we have to fight back against that. And quite frankly, we're losing badly. Um, but before we can fight back, we need to grow a set. I mean, we have already, uh, you know, these people are really powerful. Oh, did we, did we lose uh, Stefan? Are you there, Stefan? 
Stefan Verstappen is uh, joining us. Well, why don't we give him a, f- a call, uh, Jamie, on his uh, landline? For whatever reason, we've wa- we've lost uh, contact. Uh, Stefan Verstappen here, writer, world traveler, martial arts or, or expert. Ruthless. Oh, there you are. Uh, you know what? We'll go- With we'll- the warrior spirit. Stefan, can you hear me? Because uh, you cut out there momentarily. Yes. So what I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have Jamie call you on your, on your landline right now, if you can, can pick that up, and we'll continue the conversation on the phone. Uh, and uh, because your Skype is cutting out. And while we're doing that, I'll just remind listeners that uh, Stefan's new book is titled A Master's Guide to the Way of the Warrior. And uh, his other books uh, include The Art of Urban Survival and his article, Historical Cycles, Are We Doomed to Repeat the Past? What to Expect and How to Prepare for the Next 10 Years. And that was published several years ago in, uh, I believe it was Gerald Salenti's The Trends Journal. And you can also check out Stefan's website, and that is chinastrategies.com, chinastrategies.com. Jamie, you let me know when we've got uh, Stefan back on the line, and uh, we'll proceed with that conversation. Just let me remind you once again uh, to check out Season 4 of The Conspiracy Show, Vision TV, Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. And I think we've got Stefan back on with us. Stefan, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me all right? Terrific. Yes, not sure what happened with our Skype, but we'll continue on the phone. All right, so as a martial artist, I mean, how do we... Get people to, as you say, grow a pair, or how do we? Let's start with with young people. I mean, do you, for example, suggest that we need to? Should we all be uh, enrolling ch- our children in in some sort of a martial arts program, whether it's kung fu or taekwondo or karate? What what should we do with our young people? Well, that would be a good idea. But you know, I'm I'm of two minds about martial arts. I think if you find a good school and a good teacher, martial arts can do a, a, a huge amount of good in developing character and self-confidence because we need self-confidence again too with our with our young people we need to instill the the sense that they can do things that they have um, uh, um, self-reliance and self-confidence and unfortunately through the educational system and through the machinations of all these psychopaths what they have done is they've destroyed real confidence in our youth by making sure that everybody gets a gold medal at a contest and nobody has to compete and everybody's you know uh, um, you know a winner and uh, and then you have the phenomenon of the bubble wrap kids and helicopter moms you know where kids have to be protected from any kind of you know possible danger and uh, well this undermines their confidence uh, so martial arts is good, but unfortunately there aren't a lot of really good schools. Um, so you need to shop around, and most importantly is to find a good teacher. It doesn't matter what the style is, whether it's kung fu or karate or jujitsu. The style is incidental. What's really key is finding a competent teacher who understands how to teach youth and uh, and, and 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 instill the right confidence. But it's not necessary to take only martial arts. I uh, highly recommend any kind of an outdoor bound uh, uh, program or an outward bound program. Um, that was one of the greatest influences in my life was to uh, be uh, taken up north uh, three times a, week, uh, a year for a week at a time and taught wilderness survival skills, hiking, mountaineering, rappelling, how to shoot a 22 caliber rifle, how to, you know, shoot a bow and arrow, how to trap, how to build fires and fish and shelters. And 
And then the, the final test for the Outward Bound program was they would canoe you over to an island deep into an Algonquin Park there, and uh, you're left there on the island for three days with nothing but two matches and a knife. And you had to sort of face your own fears, you know, because you're alone in the woods and up up in Algonquin Park. I mean, at night it is pitch black and it's dark and you're miles away from anybody. So if, an, if you had an accident or if you got scared or you panicked, there's nobody around to help you. <laughs> you know, you've got to wait out the three days. So what that does, though, is it forces you to face your own fears and overcome them. Now, you do that, and the confidence you gain from doing that type of activity will last you a lifetime. And so martial arts, uh, outdoor skills, um, you could take archery, you could take fencing, you could take handgunning, hunting, boxing, any of these types of sports, I even recommend dancing, you know, um, would help to develop confidence in your body and in your skills. And ultimately, and to become, you know, truly a warrior, you must face some sort of challenge. You know, we have been stripped of many of our rituals in our society, but there was an ancient ritual that all young boys went through, and that was called the coming-of-age ritual in tribal societies. And during this ritual, young men were tested, and they had to pass a test whereby usually they went into the woods and, and had to live on their own for a couple of days. Um, but there were different tests that they had to do, you know, maybe run a gauntlet or do a rope course. But through this ritual and through the facing of their own fears, they were given a confidence. And that's the kind of confidence we need and the self-reliance we need to teach our young people so that they can stand up to the insanity that's our current society. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I was watching a documentary. It was was a BBC News um, uh, story about how they school kindergartners in Denmark. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but they have uh, a special type of kindergarten that's now it's in Denmark, about 20% of kindergarten children are enrolled in this, and the entire class, winter, spring, summer, fall, is conducted outdoors. And it's, I, I believe it's called forest kindergarten. Yes. And these children, at the age of five, uh, show up. It doesn't matter if it's pouring in the pouring rain. They jump around in the mud. They roll around in the mud. They 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 are left. They are supervised, but they watch the, the 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 adults supervisors. The teachers will watch these children climb trees and hang from from limbs and play with. They they teach them to whittle with knives, big knives. Uh, and these children are allowed to just to run around. They'll 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 walk right up to the edge of a riverbank and they'll look in. But they're instructed, you know, not to not to go in. Uh, and the the the, Engl- the British journalists that were producing this story were aghast. They couldn't believe that this was being allowed. Uh, you know, these five-year-old children being uh, allowed to sort of run amok in the woods. Uh, I mean, what do you think of that program? Are you fami- familiar with it? And would you like to see it here? Oh, I'm familiar with it. I think it's wonderful. It's an excellent program because. Part of warrior training is to be at home in nature. You know, nature is uh, is our you know our, our our creator. We are products of the thin film of biosphere on this planet, and so to isolate ourselves and especially young children always in some concrete box 
for hours at a time, uh, not allowing them to move. And, you know, this is against nature. This is uh, uh, abnormal. So, yeah, forced school is wonderful. They even have them in Germany. A close friend of mine, her daughter, is actually a teacher at one of those schools. And I really like the idea that they go out there winter, spring, summer, fall. I mean, these are the the seasons. This is weather. This is the world in which we live. It's not something to be afraid of, you know. Uh, Go out and experience it. This is what life on this planet is about. And that connection to nature will instill the inner it will begin to build a soul, if I can put it that way, you know, an an inner character, a connection with the planet. And it's that inner soul, that connection with nature that forms the foundation for warriorhood. It really does. Uh, These these children were, uh, you know, falling in the water and getting cold. And again, the, the, the reporters were saying, well, my gosh, how can you stand there and allow that child to get wet? And uh, the response was, they need to learn and connect the dots, the consequence, you fall in the water, you get wet, you get cold. (laughs) It's part of life. It's a valuable lesson. It seems so obvious. Uh, But but we we don't do that anymore with with our young people. No. and 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 uh, also just you know I don't know what 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 the status is of Boy Scouting now in 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 Canada or North America. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably like many things on the wane. But even things like joining the Navy Cadets uh, or the the Air Cadets, the Army Cadets, and and they do a lot of that survival training too. These are valuable valuable things that young people need to learn. So then, so you if you inculcate your child with 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 the, these sorts of lessons, and they develop a character. But how does that help us fight back against the sociopaths and the psychopaths? Well, you see, it helps in, in, in many different ways. Because before we can fight back, we have to be able to critically think about things. And we have to have confidence in our mental capacity to analyze what's going on around us and see through the propaganda and the facades and the lies that are, that are, you know, bombarded, that are broadcast to us daily. And in order to do that, you really need to be grounded. Now, there's a concept in martial arts that's called grounding, and that is to be in touch with the earth, and it's also to, used to develop the leg strength. And there's a, a, an interesting correlation. Uh, the famous uh, psychologist Alexander Lowen noticed that when he was treating patients that were suffering from neurosis, um, these were people that kind of, you know, build castles in the sky kind of thing. Uh, he noticed that their legs were all underdeveloped and quite weak. And he tried an experiment where he simply had them exercise their leg muscles without any other psychological uh, uh, application. And he found that as their muscles increased and their stability increased, so did their mental thinking. You know, the mind and body is a unit, and this is in the way of the warrior, too. The warrior must train his mind and his heart and his body simultaneously because that's one unit. And if you don't train both mind, heart, and body, then you become disjointed. You become neurotic. You have, you're unable to, uh, you're easily swayed by by the fantasies and the lies and things like that 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 are going on in society. So by becoming grounded through, you know, nature, but also through martial arts and exercise, things like dance or bicycling or, uh, um, you know, canoeing, you also develop a corresponding mental solidness, you know, a, a mental ability to stand your ground. 
and so that you're not so easily fooled because the first thing we have to do is see through the propaganda we can't fight you know imaginary battles with imaginary causes and imaginary threats um, because it's a complete waste of time we have to strike at the heart of things in order to do that we need people that are really grounded in the here and now in the present moment and and have a solid you know uh, background in confidence and critical thinking all right Stefan can do anything else agreed we'll uh, take a time out come back and continue to discuss the way of the warrior Stefan Verstappen right here on the conspiracy show in a democracy we elect officials so we can sleep at night so why are you up 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740 You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. The Way of the Warrior. Emerson wrote that society everywhere is in, con- is, uh, in a conspiracy against the individual. Uh, and what they're after is our self-reliance. They hate, or it hates, society that is, hates self-reliance. And I think that's really what we're talking about uh, when we talk about um, how we are becoming compliant. We are becoming sheep. Uh, is it the fluoride in the water? Is it the chemtrails? Is it uh, vaccines? Um, is it a brainwashing in, in our schools? You know, there was a time, uh, Stephen, when Canada or Canadians uh, considered themselves to be warriors. We were the, we were, we fought in Vimy, at Vimy Ridge. We, we died on the beaches of Dunkirk. Uh, we landed at Juneau Beach on D-Day. We were warriors. Uh, and then, uh, now we see ourselves as these blue-helmeted peacekeepers. And, there's, of course, there's nothing wrong with, with peacekeeping. It's, um, it's an important role. Uh, but there's a real mind shift there. Uh, I mean, how do, we, how do we get back to that? Uh, I mean, I don't mean to, to sound like we should be aggressors and, and, and um, uh, you know, that we're, we're trying to dominate other countries. But we are and always have been a nation of warriors. Well, that's a good question, how to get back to that. You know, uh, see, a warrior, let me distinguish a warrior from a soldier. A soldier is somebody that obeys the orders of an elite power structure. He does not make his own decisions, and he does not fight his own battles, and he doesn't accept responsibility for his actions. So a soldier, um, you know, and certainly in the modern day with, you know, the, the Anglo-American empire that we are apparently part of and supporting with our troops and our money and our equipment, um, modern day warrior as a soldier is more or less a paid thug, an enforcer for the government, just like the famous uh, uh, Lieutenant General Smedley Butler wrote back in the 1920s that his whole life has his whole career as a Marine has been nothing but uh, a gangster for the big corporations, you know, and I don't think things have changed very much. So, but the warrior spirit is something different. It's opposite from a soldier in that a warrior fights his own battles. 
a warrior is also responsible for his own actions. And that's something that we see now, you know, everybody avoids responsibility. Certainly the politicians do. Nobody ever admits they made a mistake and, and, and you know, takes actions to rectify the situation. Everybody just defers blame onto everything else, to society, to my boss, to my coworkers, to my subordinates, whatever. Um, a warrior takes responsibility for his own actions. And so to reinstill, you know, that type of uh, uh, mental concept of self-reliance, that you're not dependent on the state and you're not dependent on orders from on above, essentially a warrior is basically an anarchist. Now, what I mean by anarchist is not what people generally think by anarchy and, you know, destroy society or anything like that. An anarchist in its simplest form is somebody that does not want to give other people orders and yet doesn't want to take orders himself either. It's the laissez-faire. It's live and let live. And the code of a warrior is simply do no harm. Uh, treat others as you will have them treat you. And so if you can f get people to live by that code already, a lot of in insanity and the predation and the, the crime and, and uh, uh, of our society will start to disappear. You know, we're like, we can liken society to two types of animals, sheep and wolves. And, you know, no disrespect to wolves because I, I, wolves are uh, a lot nicer than most people are these days. But we have two types of animals, sheep and wolves. Now, we used to have something called a sheepdog. Now, the police forces and the military are familiar with this term because that's what they they they, they lure young men into the military and into the uh, uh, law enforcement with the lure of being a warrior of being a sheepdog. Now a sheepdog is like a wolf in that it can use violence and that it's also powerful. It's got teeth and it can run, but the sheepdog's job is to protect the sheep from the wolves. So we now have the wolves which is our government. And then we have the sheep, which is every working stiff average citizen that's putting in 60 to 80 hours a week in order to pay their taxes. Um, but we don't have any wolf uh, sheepdogs. Uh, the government, is, of course, is targeting those sheepdogs. So a warrior and, and, and the warriors in the past were those people within our society that would stand up and say, this is enough and and then the sheep would rally around them. They were leaders in their own communities. And this is the way I remember the old-time Canadians. When you talk about the Canadians were warriors, they were, but they were sheepdog warriors. I remember growing up as a kid, I really looked up to the men around me because they were they were smart, they were independent, but they were also kind and gentle, but they were strong. They didn't back down from a fight. Um, we don't see that anymore. That's part of the program to get rid of that, to, you know, eliminate that from our society, because it's the sheepdogs that cause the trouble for the government, you know, and, and always have, you know, all revolutions and, and anti-government movements have all started by people rallying around local community heroes, uh, local community warriors, and they are the ones that were always the thorn in the side of tyranny. And as we head towards tyranny, uh, the tyrants all know to get rid of that. And that's why we are losing the warrior spirit. You're right. And we have to, we have to start uh, building up uh, the character again in individuals and then have those uh, people 
uh, assume positions of power. Let's start at the local level, at in school boards uh, and teachers. We need to get male teachers back in primary school. Yeah. There are no male teachers, or very few male teachers, uh, teaching grades, you know, one, two, three, four, five. We need male role models. Mm -hmm. uh, that's important, for sure. All right, we'll uh, take another time out. Stefan Verstappen stays with us until the top of the hour. The Way of the Warrior, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740. Or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Stefan Verstappen, the website is chinastrategies.com, and the book is A Master's Guide to the Way of uh, the Warrior. One of the things that um, alarms me is uh, the brainwashing that's going on in colleges and universities, and I've witnessed some of this firsthand. Uh, we hear a term now called, you know, microaggression, uh, where, where students are demanding uh, sort of these safe zones where they don't have to hear uh, opinions contrary to their own. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to hear the other side of an argument. They don't want to be faced with sort of an awkward, uncomfortable position. Uh, and, I mean, what are we churning out by the thousands, tens of thousands, students um, which is really contrary to everything you're talking about. I mean, to me, they represent, or this this type of brainwashing really represents an existential threat. I'm not I'm not um, uh, exaggerating here. I don't believe I, this is an existential threat to Western society. No, you're right, Richard. You're not exaggerating. You're you're underestimating how destructive this trend is. Um, and of course, it's all part of the plan. You know, the reason you know I'm writing the book is the book is gives you a, people a lot of tools how to overcome fear and how to deal with pain and how to train. It's not a book on martial arts. It's a book on the skills that warriors have. How to you know develop your mind and critically think and observe and ways of perceiving and training and. It's to bring those skills back that nobody is taught in school anymore. And what you see with this, you know, social justice and microaggressions, I mean, this is absurdity because at any given moment now in our world, there are thousands of people being bombed. There are hundreds of thousands of people living in the streets throughout Europe, throughout the United States, throughout Canada. There are children going hungry. There are people dying of cancer. There are, you know, diseases and violent crime. I mean, there, it's a horror show out there. And yet we have our next generation of 
people that are going to be leading the country and and building the future, and their greatest concern is to be shielded and protected from a word that they might find offensive or some gesture, you know, or, you know, you're having people that have mental breakdowns because a man is sitting in the bus with his legs spread too far apart. And at the same time, they are fixated on this nonsense, on this trivial, insignificant insanity and having mental breakdowns over this and actually, you know, protesting and even resorting to violence, the rest of the world is going down the drain. And uh, it's, you know, how can these people ever address the problems of our society, the real problems, the serious problems of health and, and life itself is being destroyed and attacked on every angle. And furthermore, where the governments of the world are taking us is really obvious. If you've, you know, I'm almost 60. I've seen this now develop over a period of 50 years. Where they are taking us is towards complete and absolute slavery. We're almost there now already. Now, who's going to fight against this slavery? These people that have a mental breakdown because of the way a guy crosses his legs? Of course not. That's part of the plan. They want these people to be fixated and obsessed on this nonsense so they they can never address the real threat that we are facing, which is slavery by the state. And so that's why I'm trying to... Uh, you know, and it's not just me. There are many other speakers and writers. We're all kind of on the same wavelength, you know, and you are too, Richard. I can tell from the questions that you're asking and from the, the things that you're saying, you're getting it too, that we got to get back to being warriors. we got to get back to the masculine principle of being self-reliant, critically thinking, and addressing the, 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 the real problems of the world. There's one other thing about the way of the warrior that I put in the book, and that is this. You need to be brave. You need to have courage. And the reason you need to have courage is because of all the spiritual paths that people can follow. And the way of the warrior is a spiritual path. Only the way of the warrior is the path that you must turn and face the darkness. That's why there's a chapter in the book called The Dark Night. And... The darkness that we must face is the cruelty and inhumanity and tyranny of our society. Most people don't want to deal with it. I know, I get that. We're all afraid. A lot of people are having anxiety and panic attacks and deep depression. A lot of people, everyone I'm talking to is having these problems. They sense something really bad is going on, and they also sense that something bad is coming down the pipe. But we don't want to address it. We don't want to face it. Well, the way of the warrior is to be courageous and to face it, because if you cannot face the dark side, you can't run and hide from it. No, the you're only, right. It, the only it, way to do it is to actually stare it down yourself. We need to raise our children uh, with moral clarity and moral yeah. courage, uh, and to and to stand up to despotism and tyranny, and and, and it doesn't have to be at a nas- on a national political stage. Uh, it could be at the local PTA meeting. Yes, we yes. need to everywhere we see it. We need to confront it and stamp it out, and 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 say it's you know it's like uh, that scene from Network. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh, but those words have to be followed by actions, not violence. Uh, but just doing the right thing and doing the right things right each and every time. 
Yes, I couldn't have said it better, Richard. That's perfect. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Is it Saran? Are you there, Saran? Saran, are you there? No. Okay. Hi, gentlemen. How oh, are there you? you are. All oh. right. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Richard, for taking my call. Uh, is it Stefan? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm a female warrior, and uh, it does take a lot of courage. I work in the school system, and I am seeing more males, particularly at my school. And uh, you're right, being a warrior takes a lot of courage um, to face whatever you're going to face during the day, not to turn a blind eye. And uh, I'd like to sign up um, on your team, Stefan. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, go to my website and shoot me an email. I respond to everyone who writes me. Okay. And uh, I also teach uh, Kung Fu in the park um, every Thursday night at 7 o'clock at uh, Humber West Park. And just like Richard was saying with the, with the kindergarten, uh, for, uh, the forest kindergarten, mm-hmm. I teach uh, all, all, almost all year round. <laughs> oh, okay. What's your website again? It's uh, Strategies. Uh-huh. dot com and you'll see a link there that says martial arts and um and you're welcome to join uh, the kung fu class and um it's just a it's just a small impromptu class and yes. fancy I'd love to do that thank you gentlemen all right Saran thank you for that okay bye bye B- bye bye um, that's something I wanted to mention quickly yes. Richard too women are equally available to become warriors warrior women are terrific we need more of, of them of course absolutely yes. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the point we were we were making is that, uh, or at least I was making, is that that the idea that men, you know, in order to right the world, men need to become more like girls. That's not true. You know, we 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 need to tap into uh, masculinity, all the good the, the good parts of masculinity, but also, you know, we need strong women. We need courageous women. We need women of character. Obviously, yes, that goes without yes. saying. Yeah. Um, you mentioned survival training. Do you do you teach that as well? Yes, I, I do have uh, programs if, if people are interested in wilderness survival. I used to teach for the Toronto Boys Home right here in Toronto, and they ran a program in the summer up at Algonquin uh, Park. And we took at-risk youth. These were guys that uh, were too young to be – they were still young offenders, and so they avoided prison, and instead they were in a halfway house, which is what Toronto Boys Home is. And my job was to take them for a week at a time uh, into Algonquin Park and teach them uh, survival skills, and I can attest firsthand to the amazing benefits of bringing young men that have been grown up in the inner city and, and, and never had a, a, a male figure in their life and never had any kind of training in, in any, any sort of physical activity that would allow them to have confidence. And you take these kids for a week into the forest and teach them how to build a campfire and how to paddle a canoe, and, and, and you, they come out of their changed people. I've never seen such remarkable changes in, in young men as that program did. And it was like an outward bound program. We 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 really need to rejig our, our education system and incorporate those sorts of things into the curriculum. Uh, another thing is uh, people don't know how I mean there used to be home economics uh, and I don't know what where home economics is anymore, but in terms of you know growing a garden yeah. uh, and canning I mean, yeah. that is something that we need to bring back. We, people need to know how to grow their own food and how to can. Yeah, and even how to harvest uh, a scrounge for food uh, uh, in the forest. You know, there's a lot of edible plants and berries and, uh, 
how to fish and, and, and uh, gut and skin a fish and cook it on a fire, you know. Those are all wonderful skills to learn. Absolutely essential, and uh, they may be essential again uh, because I think, unfortunately, uh, not to be alarmist, but I think uh, the present generation, the, the millennials, are going to have their metal tested uh, the way that, let's say, for example, our grandparents had their metal tested, whether we're yeah. talking about a depression yes. uh, or a world war or some sort of cataclysmic event. It could be a, a, an EMP event. Um, that's, unfortunately, I think, coming our way. So we need to prepare. We need I to prepare. I think so too, Richard. And, and that's why I'm trying to you know, help people by providing some of the tools to make them stronger, to be able to survive what's coming down the pipe, you know. Give us one more. We've got about two minutes here. Give us a, a, another uh, sort of tip in the book, The Way of the Warrior, that can help us uh, fight this malevolent force that we're dealing with. Well, there's, there is so much. Uh, it, it's over 500 pages now, and uh, it's, it's, it's basically the, the ability to rely on yourself, rely on your own senses, rely on your own ability to critically think, Rely on yourself for self-defense as well. Um, you know, we, we do not have the right to defend ourselves in this country. Um, you know, if you are attacked, you must wait for the police to save you, which, of course, will come too late. We are the only animal on the entire planet that is denied the right to defend oneself against predators. So we must be willing and able to defend ourselves against violence as well. And... and, and when you are able to do that, that also instills another degree of confidence because we're always afraid of being a victim. And whether we're a victim of criminal gangs or whether we're a victim of, of, of uh, government forces, you know, the thought of violence being inflicted on us is terrifying. It's really important to, you know, not necessary to study martial arts the rest of your life, but at least take a self-defense course because once you know that you have options that you can employ in case it should ever happen that violence is directed towards you, the very idea that you have those options will allow you to think clearly during a crisis. And during any crisis, the most important tool you have is your own brain and your own ability to think clearly and adapt to the situation. And that's what will allow you to survive. But you need to have a plan and a plan in the form of a self-defense program or some kind of martial arts training would really be helpful. Stephen, always a pleasure. And again, the book is A Master's Guide to the Way of the Warrior, the website, chinastrategies.com. Always a pleasure again. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Richard. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Strangeplanet.ca is the website, your portal to this program, the TV show, other projects, the live events, of course. Uh, say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T, and as always, follow the truth. You're listening to Zoomer Radio in Toronto, CFZM AM 740, and CFZM FM 96.7 in downtown Toronto. Owned and operated by MZ Media Incorporated. Zoomer Radio. Timeless Hits. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
From Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, loft, your parents' basement, taxi cab, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio. 50,000 watts of peace and love. Right here in Toronto, you can uh, check us out in the uh, Toronto area, AM 740 and 96.7 FM. All of you, of course, listening in on one of our affiliates. And uh, you can check out the affiliates page uh, on the website, strangeplanet.ca, and then go to the radio page, the affiliates page. And there's a full list of all of the stations uh, in the United States, Canada, that carry the show. And uh, the podcast, of course, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com, iTunes, TalkZone.com. Uh, those of you who take the show with you wherever you go on your smartphones, your iPhones, your, your Androids, with the, uh, the Zuma Radio and the Conspiracy Show apps, which are both fabulous apps. If you don't have them, please get them. They're free downloads, again, for iPhones and Androids, uh, iTunes and Google Play. And, uh, of course, those of you who are watching our Hangout on Air, the live stream on YouTube, welcome to all of you. However and wherever you're listening... I bid thee a welcome and the, um, the warmest of welcomes indeed. I thank you for your fine company. Uh, Albert, of course, is here running our HOA. And uh, Jamie is working her magic on the big audio board on the other side of the glass. Canada's Edgar Casey, the man with x-ray eyes, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, is just being ushered into the studio as we speak. Uh, and we are going to, this is a special program tonight, we're going to conduct a remote viewing experiment live on the air. We're working with no net, we'll see what happens, uh, and that's going to happen in just a few moments. Uh, and here's um, uh, a little uh, inside bit of info for those of you uh, regular listeners, if, I haven't, if you haven't heard this before. Our very own Albert Vinzel is a, um, a bit of a, a remote viewer in his own right. And uh, we've talked about it briefly on the air, but Albert is going to uh, partake and uh, participate in our remote viewing experiment uh, in just a few moments. Uh, Season four of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. That's the TV program airing across Canada on Vision TV, Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. And the new season, again, season four, wraps up on August the 16th. So be sure to check it out. Season four, The Conspiracy Show. Vision TV, Monday nights at 9 o'clock. And uh, just a reminder for our, our American uh, listeners, seasons 1 through 3 are available on Hulu and Amazon.com. Uh, a good friend of the program, R. Gary Patterson, the Fox Mulder of rock and roll, is coming to Toronto, a special exclusive live event, Saturday, October the 15th, at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium. And with special Skype appearances uh, from Leo Lyons, uh, from uh, 10 years after, Peggy Sue Guerin, of course, Buddy Holly's good friend, and Bill Harry, good friend of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, world's foremost Beatle authority. They'll all join Gary as well uh, via Skype. And uh, this is called Take a Walk on the Dark Side, Rock and Roll Myths, Legends, and Curses. And again, it's Saturday, October the 15th. Tickets now on sale through Conspiracy Culture. You can go to their website, conspiracyculture.com. And on my website, Strange 
livesplanet.ca. Go to the live events page. Uh, and uh, a little bit later in the program, I'll tell you about another event that's happening. We've just confirmed it. That's Sunday, uh, September the 11th, of course, with Dr. Judy Wood. Uh, but for now, let's talk remote viewing, among other things. Douglas James Cottrell, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, is best known as a trance clairvoyant, psychic. He's a spiritual healer, teacher, published author. He holds a doctorate in therapeutic counseling. He demonstrates many abilities studied by noetic sciences, including telepathy, telekinesis, remote viewing, uh, prediction and prophecy. He's one of a select few able to demonstrate all of these abilities and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. Dr. Douglas's deep trance meditation, or DTM style, uh, sometimes called quantum meditation, is often compared to that of Edgar Cayce, one of the most documented medical intuitives of the 20th century. Douglas has been variously called the mystic seer, the man with x-ray eyes, and the last of the sleeping prophets. And he's uh, been counseling the people the world over from all walks of life including doctors, researchers, uh, judges, CEOs, politicians, teachers, writers, producers, artists, members of the clergy, members of the military, law enforcement personnel, and even those in the entertainment industry, including the late, great George Carlin. He's the author of several books, including The Complete New Age Health Guide, The New Earth, A Prophetic View of Our Future, The Law of One, Gems of Wisdom, and Secrets of Life. Douglas, welcome once again. How are you, my friend? It's a pleasure to be here, Richard. What a introduction that is. I'm wondering, who the heck is that guy? It's just the way we rehearsed it, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here, as um, always. And how are you doing, my friend? Because I know it's been a bit of a rough uh, go for you. We haven't talked about it on air, but um, you well, lost your your, uh, your lovely wife. That's true. Back in March. Yeah. Uh, I was just in Campbellford yesterday uh, visiting my parents' uh, gravesite. And my daughter, Sherry, was uh, lost. My father's, father's gone 20 years now, and I was looking at the side. Oh, my gosh, she died on my birthday. And then uh, uh, Sherry is gone now 10 years. Right. And Karen's just gone a few months. And how are you, how you coping? I'm okay. I, I don't see death in the same way as a lot of people. Uh, I believe the body is cast off, but the soul continues. She's come back and told me a few things already. Uh, we knew... She was going to go. Karen and I had discussions prior to her leaving. We thought it was going to be maybe next year or the year after. She she often said that she didn't want to live past 70. It was very sudden. She uh, sort of got ill about 3 o'clock in the afternoon after spending all day with her beloved grandkids, and by 5 o'clock she was gone. Wow. So, she went She went quick. Yeah, and I uh, uh, I'm very grateful for that. I'm sure she would be too. I mean, I'm preparing for my own passing as, uh, you know, being left and you have all those financial situations to take care of. And, but the other three children, Douglas uh, Jr. and uh, Louise with the, the mummy of the two grandkids, Riker, Riker and Chloe, and uh, my youngest son, Jason, you know, they're all in their 40s, except for the grandkids, of course. They're eight and, ten, eight and four. So uh, we got a lovely family and uh, the kids are all grown up. And I'm at that point in my life where... Uh, I don't have to call anybody, you know. The house is empty, and uh, if I go home late, it's okay. Right. Except for the dog. He doesn't well, like being alone. <laughs> right, right. But what you do is, is physically demanding. Uh, these deep trance meditative readings that you do or quantum meditation, it's physically demanding. Uh, and as you say, you're not getting younger. This is this is not an an old person's game. Are you Are you thinking of, like, 
I don't know, slowing down, retiring? What well, are you doing, I, Gus? I am, I am. I just took a trip to see some friends in uh, uh, Connecticut and Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and then I slipped up to Montreal for a couple of days and was there. Uh, so I have a little more freedom of doing that. But, yeah, it's in my mind two days a week. I actually had a little guidance from the, from the, the powers that be. Uh, but it is. The heart rate is going down. Um, I'm suffering from an old football injury. I've got some joint uh, issues going on, but I'm recovering from them, a.k.a. My, or via my chiropractor friend in Rhode Island. Uh, but it's, it's demanding in as much as that when you do this, it's an unnatural state. You go into a deep state of meditation, suppressing your heart. Your biological functions all go down. I am in good physical condition, uh, but there's always that you know, that wear and tear on the body. So we teach people to do this, and I hope to pass the torch, uh, maybe to Albert or somebody who will come and step in the shoes. And we have courses coming up. At the end of this month, we have one, and people from all over the world have been taking the course. I don't do it on a regular basis. I do it sort of when the people con congregate or come together. And we've had amazing results, and which people can see at a distance. We call it remote viewing, more accurately clairvoyance, uh, mind projection, whatever term we use, it's sort of defining in what it limits the power. So I try to say we use the middle mind. That's the mind between the conscious, rational mind and the unconscious, superconscious, contemplative mind. It's like looking through a pair of binoculars, two right. minds, and you have a, a, a conjoining of that middle mind. And that mind is unlimited. It can see forward and backward in time. It can see license plate numbers. It can see events. And on my website, my whole name, DouglasJamesCottrell.com, there is a uh, radio show that I do on, not, not a big one like this one, but a little one I do on the Internet, in which we did a uh, recovery for a family looking for a deceased man in about 35 years of age, in which I described his whereabouts the recovery of the body scene and two people that were going to find him carrying something over their shoulder. I thought it was rifles at first, then I changed it to uh, fishing rods. And sure enough, all those details came true. After the authorities had given up uh, any chance of finding this body lost in a, in a creek in Colorado. The newspaper re uh, reports recounted how the body was discovered or recovered, and it matched exactly. And what Douglas did... Uh, when the lady called up about a month later and said, two weeks after I spoke to you before asking if we were going to find our nephew, you gave us this story and the newspapers recounted it exactly and the body has been recovered. And I want everybody to know if James Randi has got that million dollars, right. he, he ought, to pay, ought to pay you. Well, she didn't say that. I'm saying that tonight. But the point being is that she put her comments on and if people want a true remote viewing, clairvoyant, proof of psychic ability. This was the lady's purpose in doing it, and I'm, I'm carrying out a request. Go to my website and check that out. Now, we do this all the time, and since I was about 24 or 5 when I had that first quantum meditation reading that Ross Peterson gave me about my daughter, who recounted all her physical conditions when no other medical authority could do so, that was a pivotal turning point in my life. And here I am now at 67, thinking maybe I want to retire next year, maybe the year after. But you know. but the the remote viewing um, 
I mean, I, I just spent uh, an afternoon with, with Russell Targ, who was um, a part of the, the remote viewing program at Stanford Research Institute. He's out in Palo Alto, and uh, he just completed a, a documentary talking about uh, his work and the late Ingo Swan and the late Pat Price and uh, um, uh, others that were involved in that program. And, um, I mean, it's true. They were doing some remarkable things, and although the funding was cut and uh, the, uh, the military claimed they, they, they defunded because they weren't getting the results, Russell Targ maintains to this day that that was a complete and utter fabrication they were embarrassed by it, but they were, you know, to admit that the, that remote viewing works. But um, I mean, your technique, though, uh, does it involve coordinate remote viewing, where you 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 write down numbers or uh, that don't necessarily mean anything, but those are the coordinates that you focus on? How do you work? How does your remote viewing differ, let's say, from? from maybe what they were doing at, at, at the Stanford well, Research Institute. The, the traditional remote viewing with the military was to give latitude and longitude coordinates, and the person would, their mind would go there. Right. And the training, which is similar to my training, is that you follow where your attention leads. So they were given a specific place in the world. I use a name. I would say, someone would come to me and say, Richard Serrett, located on Jefferson Avenue at AM 740 Radio. Please go over his form, indicating points of stress, stating causes, and giving remedies that would be helpful. Right. That's it. Now, do you need to... We're heading into a break here. We'll pick up on this uh, on the other side. But do you need to be no, this in would, a quantum meditative state to do that? Well, uh, in the beginning, yes. And as we teach our students, you can get glimpses. You've done the same on my show. We did an experiment. We're hoping that Albert picks up this, this item we're going to try here in a little while. Or the audience, I invite them to participate because everybody can do this. I teach it in a no-nonsense, matter-of-fact way. I teach the strengths, and we build on the strengths. So the way I do it is I get a name, whether the person is across the world or across the street. I don't need to see them. And I can come up with their health conditions as if I was reading their medical report. We can go forward and backward in time. And I know we're running out of time at a break here. All right. We will transcend time and space when The Conspiracy Show comes back. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, remote viewer, is with us. And uh, let's bring in uh, Albert Vinzel, my uh, trusty producer, a story producer, uh, Albert, you t- well tell us about. I mean, how did you get into remote viewing? This this is kind of a a passion of yours, and I only learned about uh, this recently from you. Oh well, I read books by Ingo Swan, and then it, it just something clicked like in my in my brain that you know this this works, 
And then you'd get like flashes of light and like pings from the universe. Like it would try to give you messages in different ways, like precognitive dreams and stuff like that. And then you just sort of get more and more drawn into it. Like you was reading Carl Jung and, you know, he, you'd read the part he had a precognitive dream and then a, a dream something. And then the next day that would happen. And then. <laughs> and do you have just, precognitive dreams? Oh, yeah, many times I've had, yeah. Do you write them down? Do you have a dream journal? Uh, see, that that would help if you write the, write them down in, in the journal and then, you know, pull on the tail of it. You, you'd get more of it. The more you are open to to receiving it, then the message, the universe will start pinging you in all sorts of ways. You see, like, a flash of light, you hear a ding, you're, you know, like, telepathy with the other entities in the universe and you, you just sort of get more drawn to it like you you, you know reincarnation and things like that you, you just have a feeling that yeah that's what's going on and then uh, you know but no it, formal training um, no formal training other I, I, than reading Ingo Swan and so forth I, I think a lot of it is that you're just open to receiving the message and right. you have a passion for it okay and then and then it just clicks well D Douglas tell your course is where where and when give us the particular we have uh, the many mansion spiritual center in Hamilton which was uh, donated to uh, to further my work we do spiritual healing there miracle healing which is again a phenomena that's uh, been well proven to mm -hmm. us and people have tumors disappear and good things happen and people get healed in, inter in sort of steps or in, in sometimes completely and sometimes a little bit longer. And uh, we're trying to combine, you know, um, uh, the traditional way of healing using alternative integrated ways and means, and some of our friends are, are physicians and surgeons, and also the uh, idea that the divine can also assist and help. So that's another avenue of spiritual abilities or gifts. By the way, uh, I'm a Christian, and I believe in Jesus Christ and, and uh, have all my life. And if I look in the book of uh, Corinthians, I can find all the spiritual gifts listed there. And what Albert was, re was saying uh, was his interpretation of what's happening. At the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center, we go through the various steps of premonition, precognition, uh, prediction, prophecy, clairvoyance, remote viewing, mind projection, astral traveling, all the abilities, plus how to see auras, how to manipulate things with telekinesis, all kinds of uh, abilities. Because people have all these, these abilities, but when things happen like, oh my God, I had a dream and an airplane crashed. Oh my God, I'm causing airplanes to crash. And I'm saying, no, you're just seeing the psychic newspapers, meaning you're seeing an event that's going to happen in the world. You're not causing it because you're seeing it. And I did have a, uh, a client at one time believe that they were causing airplane crashes because they were seeing them. In my dreams, my prophetic dreams, uh, reaching forward in time and seeing world events, I'm a prophet. Ross Peterson told me I'm a prophet of old, come back as a prophet of new. And I don't like to use that title because it has connotations that, you know, maybe too much churchery. But to see the things in the future and to tell people what I see is what a prophet does. We don't try to make the future happen. Right. We just report it. So if people want to learn to, to become or let, if we have this innate ability, it's then to fine tune something that we already have. That's so right. W tell me about the, the course that you're running at the end of August is yeah, it's, it's running the last week at the, of office. We get the long weekend in, involved there, so it's the week before the long weekend. So people get a couple of, uh, of days to do it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't write the dates down, and my mind's full of stuff from my recent trip. That's all right. We'll look it up okay, here in yeah. a moment here. But okay. people, when people come to take this uh, six-day course, we qualify them to make sure they have visionary skills. 
other people have feeler skills, which they can't see in their mind's eye, but they can sense or feel things, and that's called clairsentience. We look for clairvoyant ability, telepathy ability, the skills of the mind, and we we, uh, discern that they can or cannot do it. And the ones that can can, are allowed to come to the course. We qualify people to make sure. So you kind of vet them. Okay. Yeah. Let me give you you the dates. Uh, August 28th to September the 3rd. Here we go. August 28th to September 3rd, Quantum Meditation Intensive Course, the summer edition. That's in Hamilton. It's a five-day course in residence with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, an opportunity to learn the tools to practice quantum meditation from someone who's a master practitioner. Students must submit to a brief interview with Dr. Cottrell before being accepted. You can set up your pre-course admission interview now uh, to proceed or for additional information about the course. Just go to douglasjamescottrell.com, and then if you click on Schedule, which is Events and Course Schedule, you'll see it. It's the, th- it's the second item, and uh, you can register right there for your pre-interview. Thank you, Richard. All right. The reason I encourage people to take the course with me is because I do away with terms. I have no dogma. I don't make them have special diets and abstain from you know, biological functions or whatever. I teach it in a practical way. They can ask me any question they want, and I define and I assist them in their particular way of unfolding and developing their ability. I confirm a lot of things that have happened, and I give them a proper perspective on it because I've done it. I've been there. Right. So I teach not necessarily from an esoteric way, but from an oriental way. And I teach people from what I know, what I've been there. All right. Now, Albert, can you get a shot of that mug over there? Underneath that mug is an item. And uh, Albert and I both shielded our eyes, scouts on her. And uh, Douglas, you have placed an object under there. And that is going to be the subject of our remote viewing experiment. And uh, Albert and I are both going to try and remote view uh, what that is. Now, um, let me set it up a little. First of all, it's being covered by the mug. Normally, when I would do these experiments on my computer radio show, uh, The Oracle Speaks on Blog Talk, you uh, did a remarkable remote viewing one day, and it sits on my desk in the open. Right. So we have uh, a wrinkle here because it's under the cup. Is that going to affect our ability? I don't think so. It shouldn't. But if you have in your mind, you know, this, can I x-ray vision through this? Remember, I'm called the man with the x-ray eyes because I can look through things. I'm I'm going to give you a few hints, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because the conscious mind, it's like blah. You know, you need some direction. So it's one color. It's small enough that it fits under there. It is a distinct shape. That's all the hints I'm going to give you. All right. Maybe we can also invite uh, those listening at home That's to try excellent. and focus, whether you're watching us on the Hangout on Air and you can actually see the mug on, on screen on the, uh, the live stream on YouTube, or you're just listening in. There is an object on the desk here at 70 Jefferson. Give, give people then uh, yeah. uh, some, th- some tips on how they should approach this remote viewing okay. exercise. The biggest problem everybody has is doubt. Albert has mentioned how he stumbled into his ability and he gets little glimpses or, or snippets. Gut feelings, uh, you know, the sense that beyond your five physical senses, ESP, extrasensory. Pay attention to those because this is your subconscious or super subconscious or intuition working. For instance, if you see a pencil on, the, on your tabletop and you, you keep, your attention keeps being drawn to it, 
pick it up and put it in your pocket because later in the day you are going to need that exact pencil or whatever that object is. This is how you start to pay attention that you have this awareness. We are actually talking about an increase in consciousness. The Christ consciousness being the most perfect and complete consciousness that we can possibly have as human beings while we're alive to bring that spiritual force forward. So all the religions talk about this. They talk about a religious experience, but they cannot define it. They can't say, oh, that was a religious experience. And people listening now, search your hearts and say, well, what would be a religious experience? For me, and I, t and I teach it, it would be a moment of bliss, unconditional love you would feel. Coming back to this, it's, I want the people to look at this, and we're on Jefferson Avenue at the radio station, uh, 7.40 a.m. here on Richard Serrett's show. We're on the desk. It's the corner of the desk. It is not an object you would normally find on the desk. So it's not a paper clip. It's not whatever. So right, throw right. that stuff out. And it's being hidden underneath a, um, a mug. Well, no, let's just say it's being covered. Covered by the mug. So okay. I'm going to get everybody to clear their mind. This is how you start to clear your mind. And look inside. And it's going to be dark because it's in under this, this uh, cover. Right. And I want you to just let your mind go. And you'll see uh, several things. Uh, one of several things. Maybe all. You'll see a color. You'll see a shape. You'll see something that relates to this object. It's, it's smaller than my hand for right. those people that are listening and can't see. And it's not flat because it's inside this mug. So it's not going to be a flat thing. But just because that's the way it is in the mug. So those are all the hints to get rid of, a, of the rational mind. How can I see that? Look for this. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Exhale very, very slowly. The breathing is very, very important because you're changing your awareness. And if you listen to my voice, you're calming down. You're allowing yourself, your mind to float over here to look at this desk under this covering mug. And I have a picture of this in my mind. And I'm sending that thought out to people who are going to do this telepathically. People who are going to look inside, they're going to see a shape, a color, or something, whatever you see, it might be foggy, allow it to manifest. The kahunas talk about this in-between world where everything's like sand in it. When thoughts come together, it becomes a solid object. And that's what I want you to do, is to allow the thoughts to become a solid object. And, and you'll see a glimpse, you'll see the whole thing, but if you see it clearly, stick with it. And, and if I'm remembering correctly from our last experiment we did, one of the things that you told me is don't try and like just guess at what the object is. Think about in terms of color, texture, uh, shape, rather than, oh, that's a pine cone or that's a quarter. Uh, so you're thinking instead, okay, it's... it's Let it form. It's, that's right. It's brown. It's, it's got jagged edges or, or it's, it's silver and it's round. Don't say too much. You're putting right. thoughts into other people's minds. Okay, mind. sorry. Now, Albert... You, how do you approach this? Do you do you doodle? Do you do you try to write things down? How do you do this? Um, I go I go for <laughs> for the fleeting image. Usually the the fleeting image is the correct one, and then the universe will just ping you. But it can give you the the message in many different ways. Like you you can get from you know uh, the flash of light. You hear a ding into you know 
you just be open to it. Okay. You know what I'm going to do, Albert? I'm going to keep talking to Douglas. I'm going to let you sort of focus on the object. I'm getting some images, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, it's almost too late now because we've been talking about it. Really? Your mind's already gone there. Yeah. Okay. And this is the thing. When people ask me a question, as you listened on my website, uh, douglasjamescottrell.com, about recovering this body, the woman asked me a question, and immediately I answered. I'm in a state, uh, as I am now, not wide awake, but in an altered state, because when you get answering questions from callers, and this lady called from Calgary, by the way, while the the body was in uh, um, Colorado, and I was in London, I think, uh, the idea is that as soon as you get the question, your mind goes there. This is the secret. I'm called a genius. I'm called the most amazing guy and all that stuff. I'm not smart. I see. So we want you to tell me what you see, not what you think. Because as soon as you start thinking, and that's why I said I'm not saying too much because you're starting to tell people things that just going to pop in their mind. Right, right. When they look at this object, it's over. They look in it, and there's people, I can see them sitting out there going, mm, trying to meditate. I can see a lady there cross-legged somewhere. My mind just went to her house. When I conduct the experiments for the people uh, to qualify them for the course, last week or 10 days ago, whenever it was, I had two people in Hawaii, and I sent them to the Eiffel Tower to see what they could see. And they saw the upcoming event later that happened in Paris. Oh, dear, the in, massacre. In, in Nice. The terrorist actually. attack yeah. in Nice. Ah, yeah. right. They, the woman felt terrible. She said, I feel negativity all over. So her clairsentient ability was picking it up. So when you send somebody's mind somewhere, the mind goes there right away. And that's why I'm so good at it, because my mind goes there, and I've done it for 40 years. I mean, since I was 24, 1974 or 5. So as you do it every day... It's like learning to ride a bicycle and figuring out how to balance the bike. Nobody can teach you that. They can show you, describe it, and, and get you, encourage you. But you learn how to balance the bike. And then as soon as you learn that invisible ability to balance, you do it without even thinking. So when we say to people, look under this right now, for those people who need a command, look under this right now, and you will see this object. It's in the dark, but you will see a distinct, single color, uh, specific shape, and... Tell me what you see. Don't tell me what you think it is. Tell me what you see. Right, right. And okay. Well, uh, I'm going to leave Albert alone to think on that, and I'm just going to we're going to we're going to come up on a break. When we come back, maybe we'll open up the phone lines as well. And for yeah. those people, let them are, tell us what to see before we uncover it. That are putting your intention on the uh, the object that is underneath the mug on the desk here at 70 Jefferson. We'll make the phone lines available to you. You tell us what you think it is. And we'll also go to our resident uh, remote viewer who happens to be my producer, Albert Venzel. My conversation with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, Canada's Edgar Casey, continues right after this. The truth will set you free. But first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740. 
or toll free 1-866-740-4740. All right, welcome back. Canada's Edgar Casey, the man with x-ray eyes. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is with us. His website, douglasjamescottrell.com. Let me spell the last name. Douglas James and then C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L. douglasjamescottrell.com. And if you go to the uh, the schedule, click on the schedule tab, that'll take you to the events and course schedules page, and there you'll see August 28th to September the 3rd, Quantum Meditation Intensive Course, Summer Edition in Hamilton, Ontario. It's a five-day course in residence with Douglas, and you can learn the tools to practice quantum meditation or remote viewing, if you will, clairvoyance from someone who's a master practitioner, and you have to submit a brief interview with Dr. Cottrell before being accepted, and you can set up your pre-course admission right there on the website. There's a place you can click. Again, April 28th to September 3rd, Quantum Meditation Intensive Course, Summer Edition in Hamilton. August 28th to September 3rd. April next year. (laughs) Did I say April? You must be psychic. (laughs) All right. Yes, there'll be another one in April, I'm sure. Okay, so we are focusing our attention on um, an object that's underneath a mug on our desk. And, uh, uh, Albert, do you want to give me some impressions? Do you want to take some calls first, or do you want to get Albert first? I'll I'll just get a quick uh, impression from Albert. Don't tell me what you think it is. Just give me, what are you seeing, Albert? Um, Get closer to the mic there. Well, it, it may be because I got front-loaded, but I'm thinking... No, what... stop, stop right there. Don't go there. Don't say it may be and qualify and start telling what you think and then sort of watering it down. When you're being clairvoyant, Albert, and I'm teaching you this, you've got to be upfront. It is or it isn't. So tell me what you see or saw. Not to be funny with see or saw, but tell me what you saw, and that's it. What did you see? I'm going to go with the wedding ring. Because in the opening segment, you said your wife passed away, and now that's just in my head as being significant. Okay, so, that's, so. that was a wrong thought. It's, you know, that was planted in there. Thank you for bringing it up. Try again. Um, let's see. What do you see? Tell me right now. Um, Tell me. Poppy, maybe? Let's see. No, you're guessing now, Rob, yeah. Albert. Don't guess. Cal- calm down. Look in here. This is a black area. It's under the cup. There's no light. Let your mind look at it. It's, it's one color. It's smaller than my hand. And it has a distinctive shape. Let your mind go there. Look very carefully. What do you see? What's the shape? What's the color? I guess, again, car keys. But then it's gone you're, on. Again, you're guessing. Don't do that. Don't name the, the object. Say, give, yeah, give me give the them. color. Give me the shape. Let it form in your mind. What kind of color? What kind of shape do you see? You're not on, you know, don't be on the spot because this doesn't really matter. I, I'm not uh, going to you know, uh, charge you any money for this. <laughs> Can I give you some impressions? Sure, go ahead. Well, okay. Albert's, Albert's feeling on the spot. And put that down out of your hand because holding that in your hand causes your mind or your brain to do something. Okay, so, yeah. My impressions are spherical, um, brownish, beige. Um, it's a kind of a dense, It's there's a density to it. Um it's and I'm, it's kind of smooth, not kind of. It's smooth. Uh, that's all I've got so far. 
So, okay. Spherical, brownish, beige, smooth. Okay. What do you think, Albert? He's giving you lots of hints here. Uh, hey, see, this is the thing. It's like hit or miss. Like sometimes you no, get no, no, it 100%. Don't, don't go there. Other times <laughs> don't go there because you, won't, you just draw a blank. Yes, this is your it. ego getting in the way. This is the rational mind with the intellect that's deductive and, and it's intelligent and it discerns things. And what happens is it's saying, this can't be. And you're feeling, you're feeling on the spot now. So that's throwing you right off. So as, as Richard said, because he, you and I were talking, he had a moment to calm down and to see. And it's, the thing is to be calm. You take a deep breath from your solar plexus. Inhale and then exhale very slowly. The breath is one of the most important steps to the great beyond because what we're trying to do is to go through our subconscious into our super subconscious mind or the intuitive mind and gather that idea. And while you're moving things around with with your hand and, and things like that, take your glasses off, by the way. I found that wearing glasses sometimes does something to the aura and it short circuits the energy. Okay, I'm taking mine as well. Okay. All right. So take a deep breath. Tell me what kind of shape you see. What do you see? I would also go with round, but then I think like at the gas. No, no, don't think. Don't think, Albert. Don't think because you're close. Round is good. What do you see? What color? I would say blue. Okay, you're looking at the cup. That's good. You're looking on the inside of the cup, you're seeing blue. I said this is not a fair test in as Albert, much as it's covered. But. Okay. Albert, you need to get closer to the mic, too. Bend that mic down towards you and get right on the mic there, my friend. There we go. All right. He's a stellar producer, but he doesn't get on the air nearly enough, so he's out of practice. Okay. Do we, we have any callers out yeah, there? Yeah, let's take a call. Jamie, who do we have? You're close, Albert. Sandy. Good Good evening. Good morning, Sandy. Yeah, good evening. How are you doing, guys? Good morning. Very well. So have you, are you putting your attention on the, yeah. uh, the object? First, I thought it was a bunch of keys, but I think it's a white golf ball. A white golf ball. All right, they're just going right for the uh, for the for the object. They're not describing okay. it. Okay. Well, it's round, and I thought it was white. That's what I saw. Okay, because we've been throwing things out here. This is a you know adulterating it. That was a good guess. <laughs> Close your eyes again. Okay. Okay. It is not a sphere. Okay, I'm going to tell everybody that is not a sphere. Ah. Okay. okay. You're at, and the round is is applicable. Okay. Now, what do you see, Sandy? Inside, dark. What shape do you see? What color do you see? Okay. Now I'm getting now I'm getting uh, goldish color. Okay. What else? You're close. Uh, not quite a coaster, but some. It's round, but it's got some uh, bit of thickness to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to guess the object. You're getting close. Yeah, let, I, I know. I'm let getting your, close. Let, let your mind... You'll feel warm in your chest. You feel the warmth coming in your chest now? That's because... A little bit. That's because I'm sensing that from you. You're feeling... You're getting close to this. And, uh, hey, nobody else is in the house listening to the phone, so you can say anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see? Right now, what do you see? Too late. Don't hold back. Tell me what you see. Oh, first, I thought I was going to say a puck, but it's not a puck. Okay, you're looking at the bottom of the of the, uh, 
of the of the blue class because that's a that's okay. Shape. Good try, Sandy. Thank you for for joining yeah. us. And we'll we'll describe it as soon as before the next break or whenever you decide. Yeah, we'll come back. You didn't and, do uh, too bad, Sandy. Okay. All right. We'll come back and maybe we'll get some more impressions from uh, Albert. Albert's feel you're feeling like you're on the spot. You're not, buddy. We're all in this together. It's just an experiment. All right. We'll come back. The Conspiracy Show. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Stand by. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When you look at the sky... Ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. All righty, welcome back. Final segment uh, with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell and uh, Albert is here, my story producer, and we're conducting a, a little remote viewing exercise or experiment. We've got uh, uh, Douglas has uh, placed an object and covered it with a, um, a blue mug on top of our desk. And, um, Albert, do you want to give it another, uh, another, another stab? Put the, put the webcam down because that's yeah, distracting. Yeah, you just point it at the mug or point it at yourself if you want so people can see you. <laughs> and just give us some impressions of what, what you're seeing. Well, we, we've been going to guessing with the analytical mind, like Douglas explained it well <laughs> during the break, and, and I'm privileged to be here. But uh, I think people were happy with round, like we, we're sort of getting now stuck on round. And then my mind just goes to like current events, like the political election going on. So I would have guessed like a political button that somebody would wear or something like that. But then it's, it's, it's back to the guessing. <laughs> so. okay. All right, a button. All right, let's uh, take a phone call. Uh, Claude is with us. Claude, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, How Richard. are you, my friend? Um, yeah, I know what's under the cup. You know what's under the, under the mug. Okay, yep. what are you seeing? Give us some impressions without naming the object first. Just give us some impressions. It's round and flat. Mm-hmm. Um, metallic. Interesting. I think. Don't think. Tell, well, me, what, tell me what you see. I think is wrong. I got a flash as soon as you mentioned the cup that okay. it is money. Wow, that's a pretty good guess, but it's not. <laughs> oh. All right. No, but you got you got a couple of things there, and, uh, um, and when we uncover flash. when we uncover this, and I suspect you're going to put a picture of this on your Facebook page tomorrow or something like that, right? And people can see it. We're looking for the shape. We're looking for the color. You got a couple of details that are pretty cool there. All right, Claude. Thank you for that. Let's uh, let's go to David now. David, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you? Are you there, David? David, going once, twice. Is David there? No, we lost David. Uh, All right. Shall, shall we do the big reveal? Okay. Let me uh, go back a little bit because. Um, this is how I see things of the world, the same way. I, my book, The New Earth, I talked about Syria long before the problems came. I talked about the earth caps, uh, ice caps melting long before they came. 
I, I wanted to, I was going to tell Albert a story that because he had a little difficulty, I had a psychic lady come and have a, a reading with me back in 1975 or so. And I was having the same trouble. I was, the image I had was a young man with no legs. And he was just floating in a black uh, background in a void. And I was saying he didn't have any legs to stand on, meaning he, he was, in, he was uh, not confident in himself. Uh, he wasn't mobile. He, he, I, I skirted around this thing coming up with all these cliches or what I thought it meant. And at the end, the lady scolded me and said, Douglas, you are not telling us what you see. Don't do this. You tell me exactly what you see. And then she said that her nephew had both legs severed. He actually had no legs. Uh -huh. And I was... So I learned a lesson from that. Spit it out. How ridiculous it might seem in your mind. Right because it may mean something to the person looking who is asking the question, or it may mean a symbol or something to you. Okay, yeah. before, you, before you lift that, um, we have one more caller. Okay, sure. And it's uh, the host of Big Band Sunday Night, whose program precedes mine, and that would be George Ginescu has joined us on the line. Hello, George. Hello, Richard. Hello, Douglas. It's a pleasure, sir. It's only taken you seven years to call into my program, but that's all right. <laughs> well, Better late than never. <laughs> no, your program is always way above me. But I, I had an instant image of a cookie. Interesting. An in, okay. Am I correct? You are very, very close. All right. Oh, golly. It, it can be interpreted as that shall to we, a certain species of sentient being. Shall we do Very the good. Shall we do the reveal? Well, I want to say, that, George, I've been meaning to call you, but I've been off on a little trip to the States and whatever. Well, now that I know you're home, I'll call you. Okay. So uh, Hold on the line there, George. Have we got the great reveal? Can we see this? Can we see this? If I, if I guess correctly, do I get the cookie? <laughs> you can have it. We'll leave it here at the station. And a saucer of milk. Here we go. Wow. Is it a dog? It's a dog biscuit. It is a dog biscuit. Wow. George. You got well, it. It's yours. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Now, uh, while we have it, uh, uh, Very well done, George. You'll see the rounded part. Right. People could see the round. This was sitting in the cup this way yes. because it will not fit in. So it was on a bit of an angle. Oh, I see. And people looking down through the cup from the top would see the round. Hey, I had the color right. I said brown so, or beige. You were right. Albert came up with the same. Uh, the caller who saw a golden color, uh, he was right too. A lot of people got little bits of this. I suspect if it had been on the desk uh, like that, it might have been a little easier to see because when it's it's out of proportion like that. Right, but, right. George, I, a cookie, I saw the, the that cup is fantastic. Down with the face over the biscuit. That's right. And now, like, are you like driving, this. George, or are you at home? No, I stopped. I pulled off. Okay. Uh, just about uh, Churchill, and and I concentrated as Douglas was telling us to do. And uh, it came to me quite clearly. And I said, I got it. So when I got home, the first thing I did was call the studio. Well done. 
Well, there it goes. You're driving. So when we drive, we go into an ultra state of consciousness. You know, when you're daydreaming while you're driving and you're thinking about paying the bills and whatever, you're actually putting your conscious mind on hold and you're now going into another part of your minds in this middle mind. So, George, you're, you're actually in a light state of, of uh, alpha or meditation. It is and, like a hypnotic that, state. That's right. And that's why he can see things well, because, because we said, look at this. what you had said, Douglas, I, I thought this might be dangerous. So I signaled properly and I stopped the car because I really felt I, I had this thing in my mind and I had seen it quite clearly. Well, there it is, and for the people who were on there, George, there will be a, a something, I guess, on your Facebook page or tomorrow, a picture of it, uh, I'm assuming that. And uh, you did very, very well. It is a cookie. It's part well, of yes, if I were a dog. Max, Max the Wonder Dog, my Great Dane puppy, who's 150 <laughs> pounds in a year, tw- a couple of months. Well, thank you for that. I stole it from him tonight. So. I appreciate it very much. Thank George Inescu, well done, my friend. And thank you. All, and to all the other callers as well who picked up little bits about it. It does look, from a certain perspective, it looks like a golf ball a little bit. So, well, I, I suppose, uh, but... Uh, it certainly would qualify as a cookie if you're a dog. It's a treat. It's a uh, it's a biscuit okay. for sure. It's also a bar. It could be conceived as a bar of gold. It could be a, a rectangular shape is what I was looking for. And, but it was color. It's smaller than my hand. And I did it specifically so that people could get images. And Albert, trying very hard under some uh, duress, was able to get things. You did very well when you started talking to the people about it. You said it could be something brown. Already your mind was focused on it. Initially, yes. yes. Initially, I was seeing something kind of uh, wooden. And... Um, I mentioned a pine cone earlier, but the other thing that came into my mind uh, originally was uh, almost like a like a I, I saw I saw a sphere and I saw something wooden and I was thinking it kind of looks like an avocado pit or something like that. Uh, however, there you go. It's remember, a dog biscuit, a cookie, if you will. Well, remember, you're not seeing with your eyes. You're seeing with the top of your head. You're seeing with your intuition, which forms. And the more confident you get, the more relaxed you are, like George was, the clearer the image goes. Maybe George, the, sign up your, maybe George should sign up for your remote I'd viewing course. Love to have him. Well, George has had a couple of experiences where remote healing took place. That time he was driving home and you asked us to send healing to him, and he had that feeling and uh, go all the way through him, that heat. And I said, I think I said it on air, I, I think right about now he's feeling like he's having a heart attack. That's right. And then when we spoke to him in the studio sometime later, he said, I pulled off. I was feeling heat going down my back. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And he wasn't listening to the show. Just uh, let me give people the, the back story. So George Janescu, who hosts Big Ben Sunday Night, the show that comes on before this one, um, this was what, four, five, maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. Some time ago, yeah. One, one night he comes hobbling into the studio. We were up on Queen Street at the time. I said, George, what's going on? He goes, oh, he had a bad back. I don't know if he had some arthritis or what was happening in the back. Sciatica, something. Terrible back pain. This had been going on for several weeks. I said, oh, well, my, my friend uh, Douglas Cottrell is coming in, and he's a, he's a healer. And uh, But you were coming in after he left, I think. I never saw him. That's correct. That's he right. So he left. He's heading up, I guess, the 400 highway in his car. And, and usually he listens to my show all the way home. That night, I later learned, the next week when he came in, that while you were on the air sending out healing messages to George, and you were saying he will feel heat 
in I his was, back. I was watching it go down his, across his shoulders, down his back, and across his pelvis. Right. You were talking live on the air, sending out healing messages. We assumed George was listening. He wasn't because, as he explained the next week, when he came into the studio to do his show, he, uh, he had received a call on, a, on, a, on, a, on his cell phone from his son. And so he was talking... Uh, I'm going to assume it was hands-free, all the way up to 400 in conversation with his son. He missed the whole show. So then when he came in that week, I sat him down in the studio live on the air, and I played the clip of you on the air the week prior, sending out that message. Energy. Uh, heat, heat in the back, in the back. Yeah. Well, George practically fell out of his chair because that night you were on as he's driving up the 400. He had to pull the car over. He thought he was having a heart attack because he was feeling heat. In, in his back. And uh, he leaned over his hood for a while, got back in the car, drove home the next morning, no pain. And that was, I mean, you gained a lifelong friend. <laughs> George is, as you know, has great affection for you because of all you've done for him. And there, 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 there have been other... A couple of couple times of, getting rid of his vertigo and something from Spain, I sent him some energy. And this is what we do at Mini Mansion Spiritual Center. We do this absent healing. We will pray for your program, which we're developing. It's for free. We ask people to do two things. One, try the best they can to make it happen and tell us what happened and send us a little donation to help carry it on, a contribution. So this is all for free, and we do such things as miracles. We want to investigate how they happen. I'm only going to be here for a little while. Uh, we call it spiritual healing energy. There have been great institutions in the past that try to mirror science and religion or faith. I do spiritual energy, but I also incorporate the mind with images, which I think is the most important because you're now communicating with the soul level. And it's like, you know, okay, soul, wake up. We need some, you know, improvement. Make the Parkinson's go away. And it happens. Straighten the spine out. And it happens. The tumor in the throat disappear. It shrinks and goes away. We have x-rays and things like that to prove it. So Mini Mansion Spiritual Center is a place where people can drop in on Wednesdays and once a month. Uh, mmsci.org. It is a non-profit corporation of which I'm the spiritual leader there. All right. And again, August 28th to September 3rd, Quantum Meditation, an intensive course. This is the summer edition, August 28th, September 3rd, Hamilton, Ontario. And uh, go to Douglas James Cottrell, C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L, douglasjamescottrell.com. Go to schedule and you can click on the event and... Uh, you can get the additional information about the course and also set up your pre-course admission interview. All right, Douglas, thank you. Always a pleasure. Good to see you, my friend. My pleasure. And I had fun helping Albert and your callers participate in waking up a little more and getting some details and I'll develop. It's always a pleasure to be here. Let me go back a few years and, and Just every a few. time I come, I look forward to seeing you again. My thank pleasure. Uh, Jamie, thank you. Albert, as always, a pleasure. Thank you. Back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.
Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.